1: a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
3: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was raided by the FBI, Western countries pledge billions to aid Ukraine, and Donald Trump pleads the fifth in New York. Here's your National News Recap for the week of August 4th. (music) Attorney General Merrick Garland is filing a motion to unseal the search warrant used to raid former President Trump's home. Trump's home in Palm Beach, Florida was raided earlier this week by FBI agents over possible classified documents that were taken from the White House when he left office. Garland said he personally approved of the raid of Trump's home and shot down attacks made against the FBI over the raid. Former President Trump's Republican backers are sticking by his side after this weekend's raid at Mar-a-Lago in South Florida. Texas Congressman Troy Niels was part of an invite-only dinner this week. He's confident the former president is coming back. The FBI searched Trump's Palm Beach residence on Monday and removed boxes of evidence. There are reports that classified records were being stored there at his private club. A man who tried to break into the FBI's Cincinnati headquarters is dead after an hours long standoff with law enforcement. Quote, the suspect was deceased and succumbed to his injuries at the scene, and everything remains under investigation at this time. End quote. That's the update from Ohio police. The incident reportedly involved the suspect firing a nail gun, then brandishing an AR 15 style rifle before fleeing in a vehicle. That turned into a chase along an interstate that resulted in the standoff. It all comes as the FBI director has been warning against threats to his agents following this week's raid on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Mourners are paying tribute to the late Indiana Congresswoman Jackie Wolorski, who died in a car crash last week. At Granger Community Church, Pastor Ted Bryant called Walorski one of the most authentic and genuine people he'd met. Walorski's husband, Dean Swihart, also shared personal memories of his late wife. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said in his decade of knowing Wolorski, she always had a servant's heart. He praised her work helping the underprivileged and homeless, and her time as a missionary in Romania. Wolorski died when her car crossed the median of a highway in northern Indiana, killing her staffer Zachary Potts and communications director Emma Thompson as well. New York's governor is asking the state's Jewish population not to leave the state. Kathy Hochul spoke Wednesday night at a ceremony to celebrate a Holocaust education bill and took a swipe at Florida in the process. Hochul stated, don't go anywhere else, to a better state. Florida is overrated. Look at the governor. You start at the top down. A spokesperson for Governor DeSantis's campaign said Hochul should spend more time dealing with oppressive taxes, needless mandates, shuttered business, and crime-infested cities. He also tells the New York Post Florida's freedom agenda works and Hochul should try it. The governor of Texas says the man sworn at by Beto O'Rourke while he was discussing the Uvalde school shooting isn't affiliated with his campaign. A Greg Abbott campaign spokesman confirmed that in a statement. Since the school massacre, Democrat O'Rourke has been pushing for gun reforms. However, he has backed off from his earlier promise to take assault weapons from their owners. Kentucky is finally out of the emergency phase of its flooding response. After the catastrophic floods in the eastern part of the state, Governor Andy Beshear said while the latest weather moving through Kentucky caused flooding, it didn't end in major damage or any deaths as of Thursday. The Commonwealth also sent home the search and rescue responders it had on standby. A motion has been filed to lift the injunction against Iowa's fetal heartbeat bill. The Iowa legislature passed a law in 2018 outlawing abortion at six weeks. A Polk County judge enjoined the law, prohibiting it from being enforced, based on an Iowa Supreme Court ruling. That ruling has since been overruled. Governor Kim Reynolds is now asking the district court to lift the injunction and allow the heartbeat law to go into effect. A man has been arrested for allegedly defrauding military families, along with the UC and CSU systems, out of more than $500,000. California Attorney General Rob Bonta Thursday announced that Don Azul was arrested in connection with a defrauding scheme that spanned years. Azul is accused of tricking more than 40 families with a grandparent or other family members who served in the armed forces. The scam involved families paying $500 each for fake California Department of Veterans Affairs college fee waiver letters and instructing those families to submit the letters to universities to have their children's tuition waived when in fact they were not eligible for that type of waiver. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news.
2: This is Connor Brown with your international news report. Coming from Reuters, Western countries on Thursday committed more than $1.5 billion in cash, equipment, and training to boost Ukraine's military capabilities in its war against Russia, Danish Defense Minister Morten Bodskov said. The money, which was pledged by a group of 26 countries at a conference in Copenhagen, will be used to supply existing weapons, missiles, and ammunition, increase weapon production for Ukraine, train Ukrainian soldiers, and demine war-torn areas in Ukraine. We will continue to assist Ukraine in its military needs, Bodskov told journalists at the end of the conference that brought together European defense ministers to discuss long-term support for the country's defense against Russia's invasion. Defense ministers of Poland, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic signaled willingness to expand productions of artillery systems and other military equipments to Ukraine, Bozkov said. Britain which had already donated advanced weapons systems to Ukraine and given thousands of its troops military training, on Thursday pledged an additional 300 million euros, including multiple launch rocket systems and precision-guided M31A1 missiles that can strike targets up to 80 kilometers away. President Putin would have gambled that come August, we would have all got bored of that conflict, and the international community would have gone in different directions. Well, today is proof of the opposite. UK Defence Secretary Ben Wallace said. The BBC reports that the monkeypox outbreak has been declared a global health emergency by the World Health Organization. The classification is the highest alert that the WHO can issue and follows a worldwide upsurge in cases. It came at the end of the second meeting of the WHO's Emergency Committee on the virus. More than 16,000 cases have now been reported from 75 countries, said WHO Director General Dr. Tedros Adenome Ghebreyesus. There had been five deaths so far as a result of the outbreak, he added. There are only two other such health emergencies at present, the coronavirus pandemic and the continuing effort to eradicate polio. Dr. Tedros said the emergency committee had been unable to reach a consensus on whether the monkeypox outbreak should be classified as a global health emergency. However, he said the outbreak had spread around the world rapidly, and he had decided that it was in need of international concern. Too little was understood about the new modes of transmission which had allowed it to spread, said Dr. Tedros. The WHO's assessment is that the risk of monkeypox is moderate globally and in all regions except in the European region where we assess the risk as high, he added. There was also a clear risk of further international spread, although the risk of interference with the international traffic remained low for the moment, he said. Dr. Tedros said the declaration would help speed up the development of vaccines and the implementation of measures to limit the spread of the virus. The WHO is also issuing a recommendation which it hopes will spur countries to take action to stop the transmission of the virus and protect those most at risk. This is an outbreak that can be stopped with the right strategies in the right groups, Dr. Tejo said. Coming from ABC News, North Korea on Saturday called U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi the worst destroyer of international peace and stability, accusing her of inciting anti-North Korea sentiment and enraging China during her Asian tour earlier this week. Pelosi traveled to South Korea after visiting Taiwan, which had prompted China to launch military exercises, including missile strike, training in waters, near the self-governed island. China views Taiwan as part of its own territory to be annexed by force if necessary. While in South Korea, Pelosi visited a border area with North Korea and discussed the North's nuclear program with South Korean National Assembly Speaker Kim Jin-piao. According to Kim, the two agreed to support their government's push for denuclearization and peace on the Korean Peninsula based on strong, extended deterrence against the North and diplomacy. On Saturday, Joe Young-sam, Director General, at the North Korean Foreign Ministry's Press and Information Affairs Department slammed Pelosi over a visit to the border in discussion of anti-Korean deterrence. Pelosi, who had come under volley of due criticism from China for destroying regional peace and stability by visiting Taiwan, stirred up the atmosphere of confrontation with North Korea during her stay in South Korea, Joe said in a statement carried by state media, calling Pelosi the worst destroyer of international peace and stability. Joe argued, Pelosi's behavior in South Korea clearly showed the Biden administration's hostile policy towards North Korea. It would be a fatal mistake for her to think that she can go scot-free in the Korean Peninsula, Joe warned. The U.S. will pay dearly for all the sources of trouble spawned by her wherever she went. And this was Connor Brown with your international news report.
0: the local news. Former President Trump pled the fifth in a probe carried out by the New York Attorney General. The Democrats on Capitol Hill, like Eric Swalwell, are putting their faith in the process. Trump refused to answer questions at a deposition in New York City as part of a civil investigation into his business. In a statement on social media, he said he once asked why people would plead the fifth if they're innocent, but says that he now understands, following the re-emergence of many of his previous statements against those who plead the fifth detectives are investigating circumstances around a dead body of an elderly man found in Brooklyn along with possible hazardous materials. Police discovered the decomposing body during a welfare check at a place on 101st Avenue in Cypress Hills Wednesday afternoon. Sources told the New York Post that police also found canisters with biohazard labels and diagrams of weapons of mass destruction. The FBI is part of the investigation. Authorities are investigating after a teen was shot dead in the lobby of a Bronx apartment building. Cops say the boy was found with a gunshot wound to his chest inside the building on East 194th Street in Briggs Avenue just after 1 o'clock Thursday morning. There have been no arrests. The NYPD has made an arrest in connection with the attack of three young girls in Manhattan earlier this week. According to investigators, 34-year-old Rodney Perry approached the girls while they were walking with their family to a subway station Tuesday evening near West 11th Street and Washington Street. The suspect then allegedly punched a 12-year-old girl in the face before shoving an 11-year-old and another 12-year-old girl before leaving the scene. All three girls are going to be okay, but he is charged with assault. There is a new law in New York State that aims to make sure students are being educated about the Holocaust. The legislation will require audits of schools to ensure they are in compliance with Holocaust curriculum requirements. Governor Hochul signed off on the measure Wednesday after pointing to a study that showed a portion of young New York adults have a lack of knowledge of the Holocaust. She also noted that there have been hundreds of hate crimes committed against Jewish New Yorkers so far this year. SeaWorld CEO met with the families of two six-year-old black girls on Thursday following viral online videos in a discrimination lawsuit against Sesame Place. The videos that circulated on Instagram showed a costumed character at the Bucks County theme park appearing to snub the two young girls, which caused a public outcry. Several other videos were posted from other families with similar allegations. Sesame Place announced that they will be implementing diversity and inclusion training for employees following the $25 million class action lawsuit. A judge reinstated third-degree murder charges on Tuesday against a 22-year-old woman who is accused of crashing into two Pennsylvania state troopers and a pedestrian on Interstate 95. Originally, murder charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. It is reported that the driver was stopped by the same police who were struck 15 minutes earlier. The officers left in regard to a call about the pedestrian who was also killed. A widespread odor was reported around New Jersey Wednesday afternoon and caused several emergency calls. The smell was reported to have originated from a truck stop in Gloucester County, but was noticed by residents across South Jersey. Authorities no longer claim that it was a natural gas leak, but a fuel additive venting from a tanker. Two people have died following the crash of a double-decker bus on the New Jersey Turnpike on Tuesday. The driver of the bus lost control and collided with another vehicle, according to authorities. The megabus traveling from New York to Philadelphia was overturned, and 17 people were injured in addition to the fatalities. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news.
4: I'm Sim Deshugis with your Rowan News. Dr. Caitlin Malik, Assistant Professor in the Experiential Engineering Education Department, shortened as EXEED, in the Henry M. Rowan College of Engineering, has received the Top 2022 National KEEN Rising Star Award. KEEN stands for Current Entrepreneurial Engineering Network, and the award recognizes outstanding engineering faculty who create and promote entrepreneurially-minded learning. Since 2018, Malik has influenced teaching activities in all first-year engineering clinic sessions at Rowan University, according to Dean Giuseppe Palmisi, who nominated her for the award. Dean Palmizi said, quote, I am thrilled that Dr. Caitlin Malik was chosen as a 2022 Keen Rising Star Award recipient. Professor Malik continues to be a driving force for building faculty awareness of the entrepreneurial mindset while also encouraging Keen involvement on campus. End quote. The award includes a $25,000 grant from the Kern Family Foundation for a project led by Malik to advance Keen's mission to graduate engineers with an entrepreneurial mindset so they can create personal, economic, and societal value through a lifetime of meaningful work. Malik will also be recognized at the 2023 Keene National Conference, where she will receive a Keene guitar, the Keene Rising Star Award. Also this week, the Rowan Institute for Public Policy and Citizenship, shortened RIPAC, hosted the fifth annual Mid-Atlantic Political Intern Summit, MAPIS. Nearly 130 students interning this summer in politics, government, and issue advocacy descended upon Rowan University's business hall for a day-long summit designed to sharpen their skills as they pursue careers in politics, leadership, and government. During the summit's morning sessions, interns heard from Congressman Donald Norcross and Matt Den, former Attorney General of Delaware, who gave the keynote address. This was followed by networking sessions and breakout sessions on a variety of topics, such as how to find a job in Washington, D.C., lobbying, and the art of disagreement. Sixteen different presenters offered career advice to the students during lunch. The founding director of RIPAC, Ben Dorkin, said of the event, quote, In a time of hyper-partisanship and broad public cynicism with politics, MAPIS stands out as a place where students from across the political spectrum can come together for political discussions, leadership training, and networking, end quote. MAPIS is a signature event for RIPAC and an example of the Institute's mission in action. I'm Sandra Huches, and that was your Rowan News.
3: That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Beginning with the NFL with the regular season just weeks away, let's take a look at preseason news and announcements. Checking in on the Deshaun Watson situation, the Cleveland Browns announced Wednesday that they expect recently acquired quarterback Deshaun Watson to start Friday's preseason opener versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently, the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell are appealing the initial six-game suspension ruling. Goodell and the league are seeking at least a year suspension for actions that were, quote, egregious and predatory, per Commissioner Goodell. Switching from Cleveland to the division rival Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers prepare for their first season without future Hall of Fame quarterback Big Ben Roethlisberger since 2004, the first time they've had a different QB in nearly 20 years. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers find themselves with a crowded quarterback room as the organization-retained backup quarterback Mason Rudolph signed former Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky and drafted pick quarterback Kenny Pickett 20th overall in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. The team announced Thursday afternoon that they will start their preseason opener with Mitch Trubisky running the offense, as it seems Pickett and Rudolph will battle it out for the backup spot. Don't be surprised if the Steelers take a liking to their first-round selection midseason should the Trubisky Project go south during their pursuit of the postseason. Checking in on the NBA, just as fans thought the offseason dust had settled, Kevin Durant strikes again. Earlier this week, it was reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Kevin Durant's follow-up meeting with Nets owner Joe Tsai resulted in an ultimatum provided by Durant. Get rid of the head coach and GM, or get rid of me? This request puts Brooklyn in a very tough spot. Do you trade one of the best players of all time with Kyrie Irving still under contract or move on from two key voices in your front office and locker room? Regardless of what happens, Durant has been sure to cover his bases, providing the Nets with two additional preferred destinations, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Buckle up, NBA fans. Kevin Durant might yet again change the landscape of the NBA for years to come. And last but certainly not least, let's check in on the 2022 MLB standings as we approach playoff baseball. The New York Yankees, even after losing eight of their last 10, still hold a firm 10-game lead in the AL East with a record of 71-41, their closest competitor the Toronto Blue Jays with a record of 60-50. Looking at the AL Central, it's a very tight race between the Cleveland Guardians, Minnesota Twins, and Chicago White Sox, as only two and a half games separate all three teams. The Guardians are in first place at 58 and 52, winning seven of their last 10. Checking on the AL West, the Houston Astros seem to have a firm lead in the West, leading the Seattle Mariners by 10.5 games with a record of 71 and 41. Checking on the NL East and the National League, The New York Mets have a firm seven-game lead with a record of 73-39, but the Atlanta Braves and Philadelphia Phillies are right on their tail with the Braves seven games back in the division and the Phillies 10 games back in sole possession of the second wildcard spot as the Braves occupy the first. Looking at the NL Central, the Cardinals have taken back the lead in the Central from the Brewers, holding a one-game lead heading into the weekend at 61-49, with the Brewers sitting at 60-50. And last but certainly not least, let's take a look at the NL West. It is an absolute blowout with the Dodgers leading the West. Best record in baseball gives them a 16-game lead in the NL West with the San Diego Padres, who currently hold the third wild card spot, 16 games back. Even with the Padres' acquisition of Juan Soto, I think it's too little too late to try for the NL West this season. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan with the Rowan Report for your news, From around the pro sports world. Right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM.
5: Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report Business Update. Wall Street is opening with stocks higher after a better than expected inflation report was released. Last month's consumer price index rose by eight and a half percent year over year and was flat compared to June. Some experts now believe this may result in the Federal Reserve slowing down its pace of monetary tightening. At the opening bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, and the Nasdaq were all trading higher. The Biden administration is reportedly shelving any immediate plans to scrap Trump-era tariffs on Chinese goods. Gabrielle Famy says the change comes following House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's controversial visit to Taiwan.
3: The U.S. wants to avoid doing anything that could be viewed as an escalation, but it also doesn't want to be seen as retreating in the face of China. The Chinese military conducted ballistic missile launches and simulated attacks on Taiwan after Pelosi's visit. The White House says Biden has not made a decision on the issue, and all options remain on the table. Gabrielle Famy New York.
5: Disney is beating expectations for the quarter. The company saw a 26% year-over-year increase, with revenue in the parks up 70%. Disney Plus is also seeing a rise in numbers, gaining over 14 million subscribers, with a total number rising to over 150 million. Disney is now at over 221 million subscriptions across all streaming platforms, a number that now puts it ahead of Netflix. Inflation is hitting teachers hard as they try to stock up on back-to-school supplies. The National Education Association puts the average teacher's salary for the 2021-2022 to 2022 school year at just slightly above $66,000. While that's a roughly 1.7% increase from the prior year, when adjusted for inflation, it means that most teachers are making 4% less than a decade ago. And that has more and more educators turning to things like GoFundMe as a way to raise money for classroom items. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report.
6: And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. Four-time Grammy Award winner Olivia Newton-John is dead at the age of 73 after losing a battle with breast cancer that lasted decades. In 1980, she had the number one song of the year with Physical, which showed a different side of her. Actress Anne Heche is fighting for her life after crashing her car into a home in Los Angeles last week. She's said to be in critical condition after slipping into a coma. Her reps told multiple outlets that she hasn't regained consciousness since the accident and is dealing with significant injuries. The news comes after she was thought to be in stable condition over the weekend. The cause of the crash remains under investigation. Actor Ezra Miller is being charged with felony burglary after allegedly stealing alcohol from a Vermont home back in May. Police say surveillance video indicated Miller's involvement and a citation was issued last Sunday. Miller, the star of Warner Brothers' upcoming movie The Flash, is set to appear in court next month. The actor was also arrested twice earlier this year on disorderly conduct, harassment, and assault allegations. Homicide detectives are investigating the death of a legendary punk rocker. The Spectator reports that teenage head guitarist Gord Lewis was allegedly found dead in his apartment in Hamilton, Ontario on Sunday. Gord co-founded the Let's Shake outfit in 1975. His son, Jonathan Lewis, has been arrested and charged with second-degree murder. Detectives say they aren't seeking additional suspects. Taylor Swift is filing a motion in response to a 2017 copyright lawsuit claiming that she stole the lyrics from her 2014 hit, Shake It Off. In the sworn declaration, Swift stated that lyrics to the song were written entirely by her. The case was initially thrown out in 2018, but resurrected in 2021 by an appeals panel. Beyoncé is earning her seventh number 1 album on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart with her new album, Renaissance. The pop queen currently sits at the top of the Billboard Artist 100, Hot 100, and 200 album charts. The release of Renaissance was also one of the biggest of 2022 so far, coming in second behind Harry Styles' Harry's House. The Miss Universe beauty pageant is changing a 70-year-old eligibility rule. For the first time, both married women and mothers will be allowed to compete in this year's competition. Currently, only single women between 18 and 28 who have never been married or had children were eligible for the Miss Universe title. However, in a new memo, the Miss Universe organization said they believe all women should have agency over their lives and that a human's personal decision should not be a barrier to success. The new rule will be in effect for the 2023 pageant. Britney Spears' duet with Elton John is being confirmed and reportedly coming soon. This will be the first time Britney has released new music since her conservatorship was terminated in November last year. Saturday Night Live star Keenan Thompson is set to host this year's Emmys. Thompson said being chosen as Emmys host is ridiculously exciting and doing it on his longtime network of NBC makes it even more special. The 2022 Emmys air live on September 10th from Los Angeles. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
3: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.